doesn't love the story of the call of Moses, or as many of us think of it, the scene with Charlton Heston looking handsome and holy in the soft glow of the burning bush. Moses calls a voice much deeper than mine. In perfect King James English, Here I am, answers Moses, brave and faithful. Come no closer, put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. This scene is the stuff of Hollywood gold, and it's pretty much how we imagine what it's like to be called by God. Now, the story in Exodus has all of the classic elements of a really good call story. There's the call itself, in this case, to go to Pharaoh to tell him to let the enslaved Israelites go free. Then there's a rejection of the call. Uh, The lectionary leaves some of this out, but Moses responds with at least five reasons why God has chosen the wrong guy. For one, Moses reminds God that no one will believe him if he says that he has talked to God in person. And second, he's ill-suited for leadership because he's pretty lousy at public speaking. And God, of course, has a response to each of Moses' rebuttals, namely that God is God and Moses needs to just get on with it. It does the trick, and Moses heads off into one of the greatest adventures, not only of his life, but also in the life of his people. The call was answered. It is an incredible story. But honestly, it has caused a few problems for the church over the years. For one thing, the story can lead us to think that God's call has to come in a grand, dramatic fashion as in a burning bush, or in the case of St. Paul, perhaps in a blinding vision that suddenly causes the scales from our eyes to fall. We forget that theophanies like these in the Bible are the exception, not the rule, to how God usually calls people. For most of us, it's much less dramatic. Now, in addition to this misunderstanding that calls from God must be big and dramatic, there is a second problem with how the church thinks about them. Over the years, we have reduced the calling action of God to some specific roles in the church. Calls, we think, are given to those whom God has chosen to serve as priests or deacons, or in Arkansas these days, as a new bishop. Call has become synonymous with ordination. This is too narrow of a view. Yes, there are calls to specific roles in the church, but those are a very small fraction of God's overall calling activity. Preachers often use three points, so it won't come as a surprise to hear that there is a third mistake that we make when thinking about how God calls people. We assume that God only calls the most impressive people. Moses is a great example, arguably the greatest prophet in Judaism. Who among us could live up to his achievements, shepherding the Israelites to their freedom, receiving the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, and leading God's people to the Promised Land? 
Who among us would feel worthy to talk to God on mountains as often as Moses did? So if you're wondering about how God calls you, which I hope you are during this sermon, but you're not feeling as impressive as Moses, this might be a good time to mention a few things. The lectionary again has left out a few details. Before the burning bush event, Moses had killed an Egyptian. He was in trouble with the Egyptians, obviously. And he also didn't belong easily to the Hebrew community since he was raised by their slave master. He had nowhere to fit in. It seems to me that he had opted for tending sheep in the middle of nowhere to escape his problems when God finally tracked him down. The rest is history, of course, but even in his greatness as a mighty prophet, Moses would have times of failure over the course of his ministry, too. Now, the Bible gives us a long record of the motley collection of humans whom God has found fit for God's mission over the years. The misstepping disciples of Jesus are always a good example. And I think that all call stories reveal one thing, which is not how great the called are. The stories reveal that the God we worship is a God who calls. The specifics vary greatly, but the call is essentially the same, which is to partner with God in the building of God's kingdom. We might think that we joined Christ Church for any number of reasons, for comfort or inspiration or community, but underneath any of our personal reasons, it is God who has assembled us in order to enlist us with our own vocations in kingdom work. I've sat through enough commission on ministry meetings to see that God calls all kinds of people all the time which says more about God's calling nature than about particular resumes. Centuries ago, a group of rabbis were studying this passage in Exodus, and they noticed a few strange things. The Hebrew word for the bush in question is a very obscure one, perhaps to make the point that God arrived in a very lowly type of vegetation. And they also noted that we assume that Moses was walking by one day and that the thing went up in flames. The rabbis considered a different scenario, which is also possible in the text. It's possible that the shrub has been burning since the beginning of creation out in the wilderness. Moses was just the first one to see it. Perhaps the bush is still burning even now as a perpetual sign that God is calling us into God's mission. I love that image. In light of the burning bush, I invite you to consider how God is calling you and to remember that God called Moses to an urgent mission in Egypt, not because of Moses' spotless resume or Hollywood good looks, but because God is in the calling business. When we think of God calling us, We might also be tempted to protest, since we are not as impressive as Moses, or hate public speaking, or feel inadequate for any number of reasons. 
But here we are, called and standing with Moses on holy ground. Whatever God wants to do with this world, our God who calls has decided to do it with us. Amen.